Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. World famous Chiggy Jaguar radio program. I got busy looking at all the uh, all the fun things happening on social media, and uh, we will get to that here in just a few moments on our world famous Chiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. We're live today on the UStream app as well on our uh, on our app at ChiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live, twenty four seven replay, exclusive news and programming information, all available on our fantastic app and. Uh, before we do that, let's tell you about one of our great new marketing partners here at Transmedia Worldwide. It's a great new Indiegogo campaign. The campaign is for greenhouse kits and seeds to feed the poor families in Nepal. Check it out today. It's Indiegogo.com. I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O.com. Search Help Nepal Recover and Grow. These folks are uh, they're doing what they need to do over there. We don't want to give you a lot of details on this because we want you to go support the campaign. But you can support a Lepidese family in need by sponsoring a greenhouse kit for only $200 donation. A family will receive a greenhouse kit, informative booklets, and 25 organic non-GMO seeds, as well as some additional information. Check out this incredible Indiegogo campaign at indiegogo.com. Search Help Nepal Recover and grow and tell them you heard about it here transmedia worldwide now uh let's get into it fairly recently (laughs) in fact at the beginning of the month the beginning of the month of december i went ahead and on this radio broadcast um apologized as they say to the xwe guys um here's the deal (laughs) They apparently decided they needed to pile on some more. So we're going to go through the list here. (laughs) We're going to go through the list. Now, of course, at the top of the list is my buddy Derek Ellis. Uh, That piece of garbage. And um, Derek, I guess, he's still running his mouth. That's what he loves to do on social media. He loves to do it in public and private with me. Um, this is why I want to smash his face with a bowling ball. <laughs> it's because what he does is he runs his effing mouth. Now, uh, I'm not going to get into the whole Derek thing because we're, we're going to talk about Derek on a different show. Uh, I, I give him way too much run on this broadcast. However, we did get some other... Um, we did get some other feedback here. This uh, Cody Ryan Hill. Who the hell is this kid? Well, apparently, um, he says that I sound like a clown, which is good. Uh, I like that. I take that as a compliment. I need to leave the wrestling journalism to the Bump Monkey Mafia. What the hell is that? Sounds like a drunk rambling on. Well, if uh, if you knew I've never taken a drink of al- a drop of alcohol... But, of course, you know, that that's always how it is. It's always he's a drunk, he's fat, he's this, he's that. I love all that. 
Well, my response to him, and I gave him a list of all the different people that we've had on this radio broadcast that are professional wrestlers. Well, then he uh, he comes in and makes some comment about how you know he would rather speak to XWE or RWE guys and all this stuff, and 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 that's fine. I'm 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 glad I was able to have a little bit of a dialogue with him. Um, Derek, of course, comes back in and makes another nasty comment. Um, Benjamin Reed. Who is Benjamin Reed? Well, apparently Benjamin Reed, um, he wants to pile on. And uh, some guy named Derek Alexander piled on. Um, basically, at the end of this whole thing, Billy Simmons uh, from XWE had to jump in and say, Hey, dudes apologized. Shut up! I don't want to cause any more problems with this guy. Shut up! <laughs> He's given us what we wanted. He's apologized. Christ. So, we we had that fun little moment with XWE again. Here's the deal. I can understand why they're angry. Um, I, I, I can still understand to this day why they're upset, and I get it. It it, it It's awful hard... <laughs> it's awful hard to let things go um like me trashing them and that's totally that's totally cool i get that but um guys <laughs> you're not going to lure me back in into some stupid little feud with you guys i've i've said what i'm going to say i've apologized as they say and uh JoJo is calling us. We're going to talk to JoJo later. I'm not talking to JoJo live on the radio. I'm not going to do that here. Because he's probably calling me about something that happened at K-Sun Radio. <laughs> so we will uh, we will discuss with him later what all that's about. Because personally, I don't really give a shit about K-Sun Radio. <laughs> guys down there I, I i've said it in this i've said it on this program in the past that place could burn to the ground tomorrow and i wouldn't care but um back to xwe here's the thing fellas i'm i'm not gonna feud with you guys i'm not gonna feud with you guys no matter how hard you try i'm just not gonna do it however <laughs> It was announced. Uh, well, it's it, it's going to be announced. It hasn't been it hasn't been officially announced. I've been told. How come I don't have anything in my headphones? What the hell's going on there? There we go. Turn my headphones up. I feel like I was on the Chappelle show. Uh, but February twenty fifth in Salina, Kansas. February twenty fifth at the Muse Ballroom of all places. If anybody knows my history with the Muse Ballroom, it's a hell of a place. That's all I got to say. I will be making my return to the boxing squared circle, as they call it. I don't know why it's a squared circle. Why is it a squared circle? Is it because it's a square and guys circle um, in the ring? I don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know. I don't know these things. It's drunken rambling again. Fenris or Fenass or whatever his name is. Um, here's the deal. Uh, I invite all the XWE guys to come out and watch me box. And uh, maybe afterwards I'll get on the mic and challenge one of them. I challenged Derek to a fight because he loves doing this talking smack stuff. But he doesn't want to actually get in a ring with me and fight. He just wants to run his mouth on social media, which is fine. There's a lot of people that just run their mouths on social media, and that's totally cool. Totally cool. But here's the deal. Final nail on this XWE thing. I'm done talking about you guys. I'm not, you know, if we talk about you guys on this show, it's going to be positive. It's not going to be trashing you guys anymore, because for one, I don't have the time. Two, I, I, I'm just not going to talk about you guys anymore. So, here's the deal. Um, if you guys want to get on social media and jab at me, that's awesome. But uh, I'm done chatting. 
And uh, that is that. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we've got more coming up. Is this the... uh, this is the worst rapper in the history of the Sunday radio show, Hennessy to Dawn. <laughs> we got more coming up. Check out Idea Jab, the first card game for generating business ideas. Compete and collaborate with friends, colleagues, or classmates to create the best new ideas or play solo and generate your own big ideas. It's available now on Kickstarter.com. Go to K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Idea Jab. They're talking about business. It's a genius idea. Idea Jab, a card game that helps you generate tons of awesome new business ideas. Electrifies your entrepreneurial powers by gamifying the creative process. Hashtag game storming. Check out K-I-C-K-S-D-A-R-D-E-R dot com. Search for it. In the search box, you'll need to type in Idea Jab, the first card game for generating business ideas. Hello? Is anybody there, man? Hey, welcome to McBoobies, man. Oh. Can I take your order? Yeah, I'd like a McReally Happy Meal, man. Oh, no problem, man. You want to get fried with that, man? <laughs> I sure hope so, man. Okay. Hey, is it okay if I fool around in the McDoobieland room? Oh, sure. Just don't knock over the bong this time, okay? All right. Hey, man. Hey, is it too late to add on the order of hash brownies, man? Oh, no, man. You always get it your way in this place, man. Do I? Yeah. Hey, hit it, guys. Grab a bag full of tops. Oh, wow, man. <laughs> Just watch out for the cops. Far out. Hey, there's no stems and no seeds. Drive around if you please. Hey, man, you guys make a bacon double wide burger? You deserve a spliff today. Take one talk and get blown away at McDoobies. Far out, man. At McDoobies. At McDoobies. Oh, man. Oh, it's harsh with two ears. Thanks, man. Wow. There's Mayor McWeed, man. Hello. And welcome to the Burger Barn. No. Yeah, I still understand you. Let's try it again. Okay. Much better. This man is learning how to become a professional intercom announcer. Yes, there are hundreds of immediate openings for annoying and inarticulate people just like you. And after just six short weeks at the School of Intercom Announcing, you too will be ready to frustrate thousands. We'll teach you how to blow into a microphone. How to obscure key words in important announcements. This is the final morning call for With your PA degree from SIA, you'll be on your way to low-paying jobs in discount stores, malls, airports, even restaurants. The School of Intercom Announcing. Just dial 1-800-246-3663 today. This is Jason Roberts with the Wealth Investors Minute. As improvements in health care make it common for Americans to live well into their 80s, there's a growing fear that while our bodies last longer, our money's not going to. A recent survey of workers found that about a third of, of future retirees believe that their money would run out after about 15 years, while only half thought it would last over 25 years. All this according to a survey by Willis Towers Watson in 2015. Three in four workers believe they're going to be worse off in retirement than their parents. And 7 in 10 expect that both Social Security and government-provided health benefits will be inferior to those that are offered currently. A growing number of pre-retirees plan to just keep working. 
And unfortunately, more than a quarter of workers now say they're going to work past the age of 70. Unfortunately, another 10% think they'll never be able to retire. Folks, something's got to give. This is Jason Roberts with the Wealth Investors Minute. To our world famous Chicken Jaguar radio program, coast to coast, border to border, on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and the brand new Jiggy Jaguar app. Available in the App Store, JiggyJaguar.us. You can stream the show live 24 7 replay, exclusive news, programming information, all available on our fantastic, fantastic app. And we've got a great guest with us today. He is an expert on money. The hard-hitting author, stockbroker, and financial analyst Peter Schiff is going to be with us here in a few moments. He's the author of the perennial bestseller, How an Economy Grows and Why It Crashes. And he's with us today here on the telephone. Peter, uh, welcome to the program. How are you, sir? I am well. I am well. You know, my most recent book is actually called uh, uh, The Real Crash, America's Coming Bankruptcy, How to Save Yourself and Your Country. And, uh, well, let's... Let, let's... Donald Trump isn't going to do it. <laughs> it may be a step in the right direction, but it's not, it's not going to solve the problem. Well, let's start there. How do people personally uh, make, make themselves financial, financially solvent and uh, really be able to save some money there? Give us some insider tips here. Well, first of all, you got to recognize the degree to which the U.S. economy is in a bubble. It's not just the stock market. In fact, Donald Trump, when he was a candidate, called the market a big, fat, ugly bubble. And he was right about that, and it's bigger and fatter and uglier now. You know, this is worse than the bubble that Bush 43 inherited from uh, Clinton. You know, Clinton was in office for two years, and in his second ter- two terms, rather, in his second term, presided over a stock market bubble and a dollar bubble. And that's the sim- same thing that just happened uh, under, under Obama. But when Bush came in and started cutting taxes and running up the deficit, the uh, the dollar got crushed. It went to an all-time record low. That's when gold prices went from under three hundred to a thousand. Oil prices went from under twenty bucks to one hundred and fifty dollars. Yep. So I think uh, Trump is coming in now at a time where the economy is much worse shape than it was uh, when Bush came in. Bulls are also much bigger. And, you know, during the Bush presidency, we got the housing bubble, which was another thing that I forecast. In fact, made a lot of money yep. for a number of people, including myself, shorting the subprime market. That trade paid off in 07. But I think what we're heading for now is an even bigger opportunity both to lose money if you're on the wrong side, but to make it if you're on the right side. You've got to understand the coming crisis that's coming and how it's going to play out in the financial markets and in the dollar. And that's where, you know, I would encourage people to look at both – uh, you know, rediversifying or repositioning your U.S. assets abroad, right? Invest in stocks in places like Hong Kong, New Zealand, Singapore, Switzerland. I manage money for people all around the world. I help you get out of the dollar and help you get out of harm's way and taking advantage of the, the markets that are going to profit. Just the way the markets, there was a lot of money made during the Bush term, but not in the U.S. stock market. The U.S. stock market crashed under Bush and then crawled its way back to Unch. Uh, but foreign markets went through the roof, emerging markets, commodities, gold. There's a lot of way to make money in an inflationary environment with a weak dollar. And so people have to understand that's what's coming. And, and that, you know, so that's my company is Europe Pacific Capital. It's europac.com is our website, E-U-R-O-P-A-C.com. But another thing that everybody that's listening to your show can do is just go on the Internet and open up an account at Gold Money. Just go to goldmoney.com. This is the, basically the wave of the future. You go on goldmoney.com. You can open up a free account denominated in gold. You can go buy some gold live. It's your gold. You can buy it with a debit card, a credit card, bank transfer. You can pay with Bitcoin. But buy yourself some gold. You own it, and now you can use it in commerce just as easily as Bitcoin, except you know it's reliable. You'll get a free debit card. You can use it wherever MasterCard is accepted. You're basically getting out of the banking system and opening up a gold-based account that you can use in commerce. I think eventually over the next few years, lots of merchants are going to start accepting. In fact, some of them will demand payment in gold. And you can pay people in gold using an app on your cell phone, 
just like you know, kind of with Apple Pay or you know, Samsung Pay, or you can use your debit card, but you'd be able to transfer your gold anywhere in the world instantaneously. You can text it to somebody, you can uh, you know, Skype it or Facebook it to somebody, but you can use gold in commerce just as easily as dollars or euros or any other currency, except that between the time you save it and the time you spend it, it doesn't lose value because it's real gold. It's not just some paper money that some central bankers are just creating out of thin air. We've got Peter Schiff with us today. He is a fantastic stockbroker, author, financial analyst. He's with us today here on our big broadcast. His latest book uh, is uh, an amazing, amazing read, The Real Crash, America's Coming Bankruptcy. And he's with us today here on our broadcast. Now, um, kind of give us uh, your, your thoughts on, on what you see coming with the uh, the new Trump administration and everything that's involved with that. Well, you know, Trump ran, he described himself as the king of debt. And, you know, America, yep. you know, we're a nation of debt. So now he's, you know, going to reign over it. <laughs> in fact, in fact, you know, his secretary of the treasury should be called the secretary of the debt, right? Because we don't have any treasury. The treasury is bare. All we have there is IOUs. Yep. But the country is broke. He is inheriting enormous problems that have been building up over the years under multiple administrations. The biggest problem has been the Fed, both Greenspan, Bernanke, and now Yellen. Uh, they have just created these bubbles they, in order to try to postpone the pain of actually solving the problems that are the reason Trump is elected. Trump is president because the economy is a disaster. That's why so many people voted for Trump because they were voting to reject the last eight years, and they didn't want four more with Hillary Clinton. But, you know, we didn't solve all these problems by electing Trump, right? The problems are just going to get bigger. He's hoping to paper over them just like Bush did. He's hoping for, you know, the, the tax cuts and more government spending, that we could just create another bubble bigger than the one that he inherited. I think the bubble-blowing days are over because I think the bubbles at this point are just too big. We can't blow any more air into it. So I think we're headed for a real monetary crisis, a sovereign debt crisis. I hope it doesn't get blamed on Trump because it's not his fault. You know, he, you know, he walked into this. I hope the free market doesn't get blamed like he got blamed for the 08 financial crisis. Because yes. all of this is a creation of government, central planning, central banking. This is not capitalism. This is the antithesis of capitalism. Capitalism is what we need to save us. That's where maybe Trump can step up after we have a complete collapse. Maybe the people that he's surrounding himself with, maybe we can embrace the free market and we can slash government. I mean, big cuts to government spending. I mean, Trump campaigned not to cut government except for waste, fraud, and abuse. But, you know, it's all waste, fraud, and abuse as far as I'm concerned. We need to get rid of all these entitlement programs. We, we, we have to have massive, you know, uh, surgery when it comes to cuts for government. We just can't, uh, you know, give it a haircut. We need, we need to really get in there. We've, but we are broke. Yes. We have to face reality. And Trump talks about, look, we have to rebuild our in industry. We have to manufacture. All this is true. But none of this can be accomplished overnight, and it can't be accomplished with a smart renegotiation of our trade deals. We need to stop spending, stop borrowing. We need to stop, start saving, start investing, start producing. And a lot of our kids have to stop wasting borrowed money on worthless liberal arts degrees, and they have to actually have to get jobs and learn how to do something productive. Uh, you are <laughs> you hit that right on the head i can't tell you how many people that that i hear or talk to that are majoring in like things like women's studies and things like this of like way too many americans wasting time wasting taxpayer money on worthless degrees. I mean, this whole idea that everybody has to go to college is complete nonsense. I mean, yes. the government, you know, perpetuated this. The, the student unions, the universities, it's all a scam. The vast majority of people derive no benefit whatsoever from going to college. They have fun, but they graduate with a massive amount of debt, and they've wasted some of the most formative years of their youth when they could have been out there acquiring real marketable skills and actually earning some money and getting a good start in life instead of being so overweighted with debt that they have to move back in with their parents and live in a basement. 
We've got Peter Schiff with us today. He joins us live here on our big broadcast, Coast to Coast to Border to Border on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher, and of course our brand new Jiggy Jaguar app, as well as 50 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, iHeartRadio as well. The Real Crash, America's Coming Bankruptcy is the latest book from our guest. And, uh, th- there, there was a lot of criticism, uh, with the Obama administration as far as how they handled money and, and, and various things. Um, compare and contrast what Obama did as compared to what you've heard about what Trump may do. Oh, well, look, Obama's out in Hawaii again on another massive, expensive vacation on the taxpayer where they have to bring his entire entourage yep. uh, so that he can golf it up and, and live it up in Hawaii. You'd think he couldn't even wait until January when he's no longer traveling on the public payroll. He, could, he has plenty of time to take vacation. So I think Donald Trump will be more frugal with taxpayer money for sure. He's not going to take a salary. He's not going to take all these vacations. He's not going to milk this gravy train. Uh, the way the way Obama did, but the real damage were Obama's policies. I mean, the way he lived his life, you know, is just a thumb in our face, and just like you know, they're, they're, you know, he was just like a king. Uh, but the, the problem is though that Trump didn't run on a platform of really solving our problems. He it was more of a panacea, like hey, I can make America great again. Just elect me, and it'll be real easy. It isn't easy because we are in a gigantic hole. And, you know, we just can't magically, you know, levitate our way out of it. That's right. That need to be That's done right. That are going to be, you know, he did no one, according to Trump, no one's going to lose a government job. No one's going to lose a government check. No one's going to lose a pension. No one's going to lose Social Security benefits. Look, government has promised much too much to too many people. Yes. That's how politicians have gotten elected. We've got to break those promises because we've got to go back to the free market principles. If we want to make America great again, we need to go back to the type of government that allowed us to be great. That means small. A great country has a small government. If you have a, if you have a great government, then you don't have a great country. So we have to choose. And if we want the country to be great, the government has to be small because we need freedom. We need liberty. We need limited government. That's what made us great. And we've got to dismantle this welfare state. And that means a lot of government checks have to stop being mailed you know we need to you know trump needs to start firing a lot of people you know you're fired all these government workers we keep, I, I don't want to keep paying their salaries anymore i want government workers to get actual jobs in the private sector where i can benefit from their work and not have to pay for it out of my taxes you know i i, I the, the people that are working for government are riding in the wagon and everybody else has to pull it yes i don't want it I mean, we're lugging around all this dead weight they got to get out and help everybody else well, the thing I've never understood, and I don't know where this where this started, but uh, it seemed like that we used to have it. It used to be, you know, you, you had government benefits or you had different things like this, and it was it was a hand up to folks, and they were able to go, you know, pad themselves long enough to where they could get a job, all this stuff. Where did it become this process of? It wasn't just a hand up. It became a hand out, and people basically went, oh, well, this is my job, so I'm just going to stay home and collect a check. Yeah, the idea is that, you know, there's some kind of safety net, which ends up being a hammock, or, you know, the government's going to give somebody a crutch temporarily until they can get back on their feet. Yes. But what happens is the government cripples you and puts you in a wheelchair, and you never get on your feet. This is about the moral hazard. We need to end the government poverty business. I mean, government programs that are aimed to lift people out of poverty, what they actually do is they trap people in poverty because that's what government wants. Because as long as they can keep you impoverished, they're going to get your vote. Because now you're the only thing that's standing between them and, you know, and hunger. And their hope is that, well, you know, you're going to lift them out of poverty, but you never do. Yes. Right? Government doesn't want to solve poverty because then they're out of business. So what we want is to get rid of all these programs and allow private charities to actually help people who are truly in need. Because then a private charity is not going to try to keep you poor. They really want you to make it, and they just want to help you. And, of course, private charities are very efficient. You know, when a private charity raises money, 90, 95% of the money, of course, unless you're the Clinton Foundation, but most <laughs> private charities, you know, 90, 95% of the money goes to the people who need it. But when government yes. runs charity through welfare, it's like 90% of the money that the government takes in taxes goes to the bureaucracy, 
and only 10% actually goes to the people that supposedly need the money. So it's a very inefficient way to help people. It's much better to help people through private charity, and that's not theft. You know, when the government steals from somebody and gives it to somebody else, that's immoral. But when people give freely their own money to other people, that's real charity. And that's what this country is about. It's not about theft, but about people actually helping other people voluntarily. And if we have a vibrant free market economy without all this government intervention, we'll have much more wealth and prosperity, and therefore there'll be a lot more people who are in a position to help people who fall through the cracks, legitimately fall through the cracks, not people who are trapped there by government. We've got Peter Schiff with us today. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we're going to talk about The Real Crash, America's Coming Bankruptcy. We'll also talk about some of his other books. We've got more coming up here on our world-famous Cheeky Checkwire program back here in a few moments with Peter Schiff. And uh, if you want to get a hold of us on social media, do so over there on our app, CheekyJaguar.us. More with Peter Schiff on the way. Today's podcast is brought to you by Amazon. It's really easy to support the Jiggy Jaguar experience before you shop on Amazon. And we all know you do. Go to the website, jagshow.com. Click on the Amazon banner on the homepage. It's that easy. Remember, that's jagshow.com. Click the Amazon banner before you shop. Check out Idea Jab, the first card game for generating business ideas. Compete and collaborate with friends, colleagues, or classmates to create the best new ideas or play solo and generate your own big ideas. It's available now on Kickstarter.com. Go to K-I-C-K-S-T-A-R-T-E-R.com. Idea Jab. They're talking about business. It's a genius idea. Idea Jab, a card game that helps you generate tons of awesome new business ideas. Electrifies your entrepreneurial powers by gamifying the creative process. Hashtag Game Storming. Check out K-I-C-K-S-D-A-R-D-E-R dot com. Search for it. In the search box, you'll need to type in Idea Jab, the first card game for generating business ideas. It's a minute report for America. Age discrimination in the workplace is among the most serious challenges. One out of five U.S. workers is 55 or older, and many, perhaps the majority, are facing age-based job discrimination. 64% have seen or experienced maltreatment simply because they are no longer young. For those who do lose their jobs, getting rehired elsewhere is exceedingly difficult. A time-money analysis reveal that jobless older workers are the forgotten story. Millions of older workers who want a job can't find work. The economic data documenting the problem is clear. If all factors are taken into consideration, the 55-plus unemployment rate is a whopping 12%, a Schwartz Center for Economic Policy Analysis shows. Looked at another way, 2.5 million older Americans want a job but can't get one. I'm Frank Bernuccio. Read more at usagovpolicy.com. Welcome back to our big broadcast, coast to coast, on and up on our on TuneIn, iTunes, Radio Loyalty. Check out our website, JiggyCheckWire.com. We're going to get back to Peter Schiff here in just a few seconds. The Real Crash, America's Coming Bankruptcy. We're going to talk to him about that book and get some inside details on the process behind that book. But before we do that, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. This is an amazing, amazing new Indiegogo campaign. The Lyosax movie is an upcoming movie taken from the famous web series. People always feel that making a film is this impossible thing if you don't have a huge budget or a production company at your disposal. With a $3,000 budget and a small crew of voice actors, this film will be possible. For $5, a postcard will be sent to you. For $10, your name will be in the credits. For $25, you can watch the first 15 minutes of the film. For $35, you can be designed as a Lyosex character for a choice as possible. 
and you will be added in the movie. For $50, Skype with the creator. For $100, you can be the producer of this movie. For more details on this project, please check out com. Search the Lyosax. That's L-Y-O-S-A-C-K-S. Please, make this project a reality. We're going to get back to Peter Schiff here in just a second. Uh, he has got an amazing book, The Real Crash, America's Coming Bankruptcy. It is available now. And, uh, Peter, tell me a little bit about the writing process for this incredible book. Well, you know, I wrote my, my initial book that predicted the 2008 financial crisis that was also a New York Times bestseller. Yep. was called Crash Proof, How to Profit from the Coming Economic Collapse. But the origin of this book, The Real Crash, is just to remind people that what happened in 2008 is just a precursor to a much larger class crash that's, that's yet to come. And I think this is the one that we're getting ready for. And people need to be prepared. I mean, you know, the subtitle is how to profit from it. And there's going to be opportunities here. Again, as I said earlier, I think there's going to be bigger profits here than the profits we made shorting the subprime market. But people need to understand what's going to happen and get their portfolios positioned properly in advance of, of this happening. That's why, you know, I outlined the strategy in the book, the, you know, the real crash America's coming bankruptcy. So people can read that. Uh, but also, you know, make a habit. I, I have my own uh, podcast that I do, uh, the Peter Schiff Show, SchiffRadio.com, or my YouTube channel. I'm talking about all the things there, uh, so people can start, you know, following me on fo- social media to kind of keep abreast on what's going on. And as we're getting closer and closer to the real crash, but the important thing is to get positioned properly now with your stock portfolio by, uh, you know, taking my advice or actually working with me directly at Europe Pacific Capital, EuroPac.com, and getting into some gold. You know, gold did extremely well on. Under Bush, I think it's ready for an even bigger move under under um, under Trump. So goldmoney.com, which you know didn't even exist back then, is a great way yeah. for people to just acquire some gold. But gold that they can use in commerce, you can spend it. It's like having a bank account, except the bank can't fail. <laughs> lending your money to the bank. And you got real money. You got gold. You got what the founding fathers. I mean, Trump talked about making our country great again. Well, make your money great again, right? Go back to what what was real money, gold. Gold was money. Gold in the Constitution. That's what's still money. Everybody's using these little pieces of paper that are losing value. But you can put yourself on a gold standard by using goldmoney.com. Peter Schiff with us today. He's our uh, first guest on our Tuesday edition. He is here to talk about the U.S. economy, where it's heading. And uh, we were talking a little bit about Trump being elected before he was elected and uh, the thinking since then. Um, what advice can you give investors today? Same advice. I mean, don't believe yeah. all the hype, like that everything is, is going to get better. It's not. I mean, we have some serious problems. I mean, you can't have 0% interest rates for seven, eight years. Oh, yeah. You can't have all this quantitative easing. I mean, it was the monetary policy of Alan Greenspan that inflated the housing bubble and caused the 2008 financial crisis. That was done by the Fed. Well, what the Fed has done under Bernanke and Yellen is far more reckless than anything dreamed up by uh, Alan Greenspan. Yes. So the damage that the Fed has caused now is much greater than the damage it caused then. And therefore, the resulting economic collapse is going to be far bigger. So, you know, get ready. That was just a warm-up. This is the main event. People have to be prepared. This is going to change people's lives in a much more profound way than the last crisis. And the last crisis, we had bailouts. There will be no bailouts next time because the government itself is going to be at the epicenter of the crisis. The government was bailing everybody out. There is nobody big enough to bail out the government. Peter Schiff with us today on our broadcast. He has uh, got some amazing, amazing work out there. He's a great author. Now, how do you work with your clients? Well, I work with them two ways. They can have a brokerage account with me, and uh, we work individually on a stock-by-stock basis. People can open up a brokerage account, and we access markets all around the world. We'll give you guys some ideas that you wouldn't normally even know about. Uh, but also, I can manage money. I own a family of mutual funds that are available you know, at other brokerage firms, or you can certainly buy the mutual funds through an account with me at my you, you broker-dealer. And I also manage money for people on a fee basis. So depending on uh, the amount that you have, I can just manage it with discretion, charge you an annual fee to manage your money. It's kind of like a hedge fund, except without the the big fees. I'm much less expensive 
than a hedge fund, and I think the returns will be better. So all this information is available on my website at europac.com, or people can call me up and, and speak to one of my advisors. I have a team. I have six offices throughout the country around the west and east coast. People can call us at 800-727-7922. That, in, that, that is on my uh, website as well, but again, it's 800 800- Seven two seven seven nine two two. Peter Schiff with us today. He's our first guest here on our big broadcast. He's talking about the U.S. economy. He's got a lot of books out there. Now tell us about uh, some of your other books. How can they help us move ahead with a bright future here, Peter? Well, by, by helping us understand the reason that the future is not very bright in, in the near term. Right? We have to understand the source of our problems. I mean, you mentioned another one of my books, How an Economy Grows and Why It Crashes. That is a great book. Uh, it's it, actually it's written in like as a cartoon, and you know it's great for teaching and learning economics. Teens can read it, young people, but it's great for adults. It really dispels all the Keynesian myths. And I have a collector's edition that's great for a Christmas gift if you want to give somebody uh, the gift of knowledge and understanding of economics. My books are available at shiffbooks.com, S-C-H-I-F-F books.com. You can get it on Amazon, of course, at the place, but I'm, I'm autographing these. So if you buy it directly from me, uh, you know, you can get an autographed copy. Uh, so some people like that, but uh, shiftbooks.com. But my books, you know, if you had read my book, The Real Crash, in 2007 when it came out, you wouldn't have been surprised by the 08 financial crisis. You would have been ready for it because I predicted it. And a lot of other things that are going to surprise people over the next few years are things that you'll know about in advance if you read my books. We've got a uh, great guest with us today. Peter Schiff joins us here on our broadcast, and uh, he's doing some amazing, amazing things. Um, I know that we talked uh, a little bit about uh, the nation in 2008, uh, with with Obama and uh, Trump coming in, um, some of these cabinet picks. What 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 do you make of some of these folks that Trump has put well, in his there's cabinet? There's some good guys in there. There's some good free market business guys. People that have there are a lot of self-made people there that came from nothing and became extremely successful and very wealthy. Uh, obviously, some of the picks are more. You know, his friends, people that helped him get elected, people that, you know, donated to the campaigns. So you got some of that. But I think it's a much better cabinet. The quality of the people is much better than what we had under Obama or even, you know, other administrations. But, you know, that's not going to solve the underlying economic problems. You know, just, you know, I mean, if you have a better crew on the Titanic, I mean, once it hit the iceberg, I mean, that ship was going down. It didn't matter, you know, how qu- the quality of the crew, right? I mean, the boat was yeah. And, and, and the question was, you know, how many people could they, could they effectively get into those lifeboats? And, you know, I think we have a fatal flaw here uh, in this economy, and we're headed for, you know, we, you know we're going to hit this hyper, or we've already hit it. We just don't realize it yet. Um, and so we have, we, 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 we need to deal with these problems, and it's about all the money we borrowed and spent. It's about the industries that we've gutted. You know, we've gone to this service sector economy that's supported by a mountain of debt where Americans only pretend to work. We don't make things, and then we borrow <laughs> from the rest of the world. Yep. And we, we have a massive amount of debt, and people live paycheck to paycheck. Nobody has any savings. Uh, people are dependent on government-run Ponzi schemes for their retirement. I mean, this is an entire bubble economy, and this thing needs to deflate, and it's going to disappoint a lot of people. Just like, look, a lot of people invested with Bernie Madoff, and they thought they had a real nest egg, and they were disappointed when they found out that he stole all their money. Well, the same thing happened, uh, you know, in America. I mean, people are believing in something that's not real. But, you know, we've got to get back down to work. We've got to roll up our sleeves and, and go back to basics. And we can't do that until we dismantle much of the government because that's why we lost so many of our industry in the first place. I mean, Trump talks about why it's so hard to, you know, you can't buy things in America because we don't make them in America. Why don't we make them? Because it's too expensive. Yep. Why is it too expensive? Rules, regulations, taxes. Yep. We've got to get rid of all that. But even if we get rid of all that and turn America into a free market bastion, those factories aren't going to spring up overnight. I mean, well, and built. and it that's the time. thing. It I takes know money. It takes resources. That that's that's the thing I want to get your thoughts on here. We got Peter Schiff with us today. He's a best-selling author, financial advisor as well. Um, a, a lot of folks are yelling and screaming 
mostly the libs are yelling and screaming about the fact that Trump's giving a lot of these companies tax breaks. And there's a lot of companies that are calling him up that are like, hey, we want to come back to the United States if we're going to get these tax breaks. The things that I don't think a lot of these folks understand, and maybe you can explain this a little bit better, is like you were mentioning there, where these factories are not going to spring up overnight. They're going to have to retrofit a lot of these places. Uh, they're going to have to build new buildings. They're, 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 they're going to have to have a reason to bring a factory from China yeah, and, and, back to the United States. They're going to have to have workers who are trained to actually do the work. That, too. That, too. I mean, reciting some you know poetry isn't going to do it. <laughs> you know, people have to you know how to operate some of those skills. You know, they, don't, they didn't learn it in, in college. You know, they can yeah. And, and, and see, this, this is the thing I, I don't think people know where <laughs> I, I i don't know it, it's the strangest thing we've got peter Schiff with us today and uh peter uh as we let you go my friend what what, what do you see coming up uh with, with with the with the inauguration and everything uh coming up in january how do you think that's going to affect the, the stocks and the markets and everything well i don't know if this honeymoon is going to make it all the way to inauguration you know when when, when Ronald Reagan was elected, the market went up for the first month, and then it went into a two-year bear market. The market was down 25% in the next two years. But, you know, when Reagan came in, the stock market was actually cheap. You know, now it's extremely expensive, so it's very different. And, of course, when Reagan came in, interest rates were very high, and they had no place to go but down. Now interest rates are very low, and they have no place to go but up. Same thing with inflation. When Reagan came in, we had high inflation, and it came down. Now we're having low inflation. It's about to go up. So I think the economic situation is the mirror image of, uh, of uh, or the financial situation, rather, the mirror image of when uh, Reagan came in. But for the markets, you know, it, it, I mean, for the economy, it's similar in that Reagan came in, the economy was in trouble. I think we're in even more trouble now, and I don't see a way out of it that's going to be friendly to the U.S. Uh, markets, either stocks or bonds or the dollar. So people need to get ready now, take advantage of this sucker's rally as uh, the shorts have been running for cover and everybody is buying into this uh, hysteria. You know, uh, just do the right thing, get positioned. Uh, most people won't. Most people are just going to get blindsided like they were in 08. Prepare yourself. <laughs> uh, contact my, my, you know, work with me on this. You won't, you know, and get yourself, again, get yourself some gold. Go to goldmoney.com. Start building up your savings account in gold. Hey, start invoicing your customers in gold. Start, you know, start, you know, you know, getting paid in gold. Don't just pay gold. You want to be paid gold. You want more gold. When the, when the music stops, you want to have as much gold as possible. Well, Peter, I appreciate you making time for us today. Have yourself a happy holiday, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, my friend. Uh, you too, and to your your audience as well. Thank you, sir. Peter Schiff with us today. Frank Vernuccio coming up on the other side here on our world famous Chicken Check Bar Radio program. Where'd you get that tiny little tractor? It ain't a tractor, it's a Yamaha. Well, hell, they don't make tractors, they make motorcycles. No, gone it, it ain't a tractor, it's a Yamaha Trimoto from early cycle center. Well, what the hell you need a little tiny tractor like that for? I said it ain't a tractor, and I got it for herding my cows, working on the fences, you know, getting around on the farm. Well, you got a pick-em-up truck for that. I know, but this here three-wheeler from early cycle center uses about a tenth as much gas as that damn old truck, and it's a hell of a lot more fun, too. I can haul my fencing equipment on this big old damn rack on the back, and with the ultra-low gear, I can get up in the woods and pull them fucking logs down a hill where the tractor won't go. No shit. Hell yeah. Sure looks like a little tiny tractor. It ain't a fucking... Dear Dad, I just finished my first week of boot camp. It's tougher than I ever imagined. But Sarge says that's what it takes to be a good soldier. 
Today I learned about the Army's new don't ask, don't tell policy about homosexuals. They're the songs you grew up with. Oh, what do you do with a drunken stripper? What do you do with a drunken stripper? The songs you, you had your first kiss to. Eat steak, eat steak from a really big steer. Eat steak, eat steak. The songs we West Hollywood loves. There's no business like show business Performed like by the man you don't want anywhere near your children. Five foot two, eyes are blue. But oh, what those five foot two can do. These kids have no Presents Frosty Stillwell. I say, uh. I say, uh. Includes the hits Drunken Stripper, Old Man River, I Feel Queer, Eat Steak, and the number one smash that turned him off tang. Vaginosis, where the wind comes whipping round the valley, and the smell of sour wheat. Frosty Stillwell. I say, uh. I say, uh. Available wherever young boys are sold. It's the new fall season on the Al Jazeera Television Network, kicking off tonight with Everyone Hates Bin Laden. A crash capiche that Mohammed Abdul of Tracy. Yes, he's back with a new groomed look, thanks to Grecian formula for terrorists. He's got a dark beard and a new hat. You must sugar the putts. It's the new season of Everybody Hates Bin Laden, premiering tonight on the Al Jazeera Television Network. This is Chris Markowski, Watchdog on Wall Street, and this is your Watchdog on Wall Street Money Minute. Uh, the CEO of BlackRock, the world's largest money manager, Larry Fink, he came out in an interview and said that investors are afraid. I get it. I get it. I understand why investors are afraid. And you take a look at bonds and you take a look at the interest rates that one can see and you're like, wow, it's pretty darn bad. I mean, I, I'm even <laughs> a money manager for people here and I you know, put it in a little bit of perspective. Um, 1996, if you had a million dollars when you retired and you could stick it into government bonds, uh, you'd see $65,000 a year tax free. Uh, today you're getting 13,000. So what? You got to save four million bucks to be at the same place that you were in 1996. Yeah, that is the reality of the situation. And it does make investors fearful. Why wouldn't it? This is some sort of weird reality, economic your reality, whatever you want to call it. Watchdog on Wall Street dot com. Watchdog on Wall Street dot com. Welcome back to our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio program. We've got Frank Fernuccio going to join us here in a few moments. USA Gov Policy, and of course over there on iHeartRadio each and every week, and AMFM247.com, as well as many other great stations across the fruited plain, as Rush would say. And uh, before we get to Frank, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. This is an amazing, amazing campaign. For just a small donation, you can help uh, Nepalese family by providing food for up to three years. This campaign is a non-profit attempt to help those in need with greenhouse kits and non-GMO seeds that are included. Check out indiegogo.com. Search Help Nepal Recover and Grow. Check it out today and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia Worldwide. Frank Fernuccio with us today here on our big program. And uh, Frank, there is a lot to cover here, my friend. Last week we had some uh, some time constraints and I couldn't get you on the broadcast. And we, we got some complaints from some people. So I wanted to make sure that we got you on this week. Uh, th- there There is a heck of a lot going on. Tell me about this the latest with this uh this this assassination yesterday of this Russian ambassador and how that's going to affect everything overseas. Well, of course, the relations be- relations between Germany between uh, Russia and Turkey have been at odds for some time. You might recall that the Turks shot down a Russian airplane, and of course, the Muslim population of Turkey is furious at Russia 
for what they see as Moscow's part in the ravages of the city of Aleppo, where there's civilian casualties yes. on a large scale. I do tend to think, though, that those issues seem to be secondary to a, a simple resentment on the part of the uh, Islamic extremists within Turkey to any foreigners from the non-Islamic world whatsoever. I believe that it could have just as easily been an American ambassador as a Russian ambassador who, uh, who took, unfortunately, the, those bullets. So Turkey is progressing further and further down the hard line of Islamization, certainly since President Erdogan uh, suppressed a coup, which many believe may not have been a coup at all, may have been something fostered by the Erdogan government as a way of exerting greater control over, over their country. We've got Frank Vernuccio with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Now, also yesterday, there was a uh, a, a truck incident where uh, basically an Islamist uh, got into a truck and uh, ran some people over. Um, tell us about that, because it, it, yesterday was a, was a bad day around the world. Well, it certainly was. Unfortunately, there's a great deal of fear that this is becoming the new normal. Uh, you know, we went through a period where we saw attacks like the famous 9-11 attack, the horrible attack in New York City, and, of course, at the Pentagon and the bringing down of Flight 93. But what we seem to be trending towards in the world is terrorist attacks that are more on a smaller scale, more local, more every day. One analyst said the new frontier of terrorist attack is your front doorstep. We're going to see what the Israelis have faced in the past couple of decades, where it's not so much a spectacular large attack, but attacks on things like city buses or schools yes. or, uh, or, or, or museums, things of that sort. And Germany, of course, has been a bit on the front line, thanks to the horrendous policy mistakes of uh, Merkel, who has been very welcoming to Syrian refugees without much in the way of any kind of uh, background check. As long as there are unchecked populations moving between nation and nation and continent and continent, we're going to see these terrorists sneak in. Now, of course, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out in the United States. Uh, incoming President Donald Trump has a completely different idea of Syrian refugees and refugees from the Islamic world than his predecessor, uh, President President uh, Barack Obama had. So I, I think you're going to see a lot more support for restrictive policies such as those endorsed by President-elect Trump than we've seen in the past. We've got Frank Vernuccio joining us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. Now, yesterday, I also uh, was was watching a lot of the a lot of the electoral uh, college meetings yesterday from around the country, and I noticed a lot of folks, especially in Texas, I noticed was was a big one. There were electoral people that just decided they just weren't going to show up. And I'm like, okay, you do realize if you don't show up to vote, they're going to replace you with someone who will vote for Trump. What was, what was the idea behind some of these, some of these different electoral college meetings where these folks just went, eh, I'm not going to go do it. And if I don't go do it, he won't get elected. What is that about, Frank? <laughs> I think it was more in the nature of some folks might have been frightened. Um, we know, for example, that there have been a great deal of reports that uh, there are death threats against members of the Electoral College. This is something really unprecedented. Um, it, it almost amounts to an attempted coup against the United States government. Having death threats, having these violent demonstrations that we saw after the election, um, it, it's something different in American politics that may have been a factor in some of the electors not showing up. Of course, the ironic thing was that the end result of this campaign to get electors to change their vote turned out that more people changed their vote away from Hillary Clinton than from Donald Trump. Yes. <laughs> I noticed that as well. Um, what was this deal with, with Bill Clinton being an elector in New York? I noticed that yesterday. Come across the Drudge Report and I seen some, some social media videos. Uh, what the hell did they think they were trying to accomplish with this? Well, that's not so unusual. A lot of the electors, uh, members of the Electoral College, um, designated by the particular parties, are people who are former elected officials or party big shots, that ah, sort of thing. Okay. So it's not too unusual for uh, Bill Clinton to be an elector. And I think you'll probably, if you look around the list of members of the Electoral 
college from across the country, you're going to see a lot of uh, former and current elected officials. Okay, so it, so it wasn't just some big plot to uh, uh, in, in their last attempt to try to steal it for Hillary. Okay, well, you know, I just. I, I see so much of this stuff with WikiLeaks and I see some of these different websites and things. It, it just, you, you, you have to sit back after this election and go, my God, is, is this an, is this an attempt? No, it was just the fact he was just a former elected official, so he's an elector. It's not a big deal. <laughs> well, thank you, Frank. <laughs> thank you for calming me down on that. Now, uh, Frank, before we let you go, my friend, what do you have coming up, uh, this weekend on the radio program? Well, we've got a couple of great guests. We're going to be talking about a lot of things, including uh, deregulation. You know, there's a totally different environment in the country right now with the new administration coming into power. Yes. Um, we're also going to be talking about. We're also going to be talking about the snowflakes. Uh, the college <laughs> students who apparently need uh, to play with silly putty or play doh or whatever it is. Uh, whenever anything upsets them whatsoever, you really have to wonder what kind of generation we're raising. And, uh, of course, we're also going to look at um, the very, very profound uh, diplomatic change when President, uh, President-elect, I should say, uh, Donald Trump took that phone call from Taiwan. What does it signify for the future? Is the United States finally, finally going to start getting tough on China? Well, that is going to be an interesting 